0: This is Dion Grant from the New York Giants, Super Bowl champ, and you're watching Real
1: Fans, Real Talk. Uh huh. This is Real Fans, Real Talk. Real fans, real talk. We real Real fans. What's going on? Welcome to another quarantine TV edition of Real Fans, Real Talk, in conjunction with the Sanchez Show. I got my bro with me today, Legend in Two Games, Eric Sanchez. What's good, man?
0: What's really good, man? Happy New Year to everyone. And, uh, man, Week 17 is almost like the first round of the playoffs <laughs> in a lot of ways, man.
1: It definitely is. Um, I'm excited you see, I ain't let up yet. I still got that that hat in the back, that blue going in the back, and you see what I got on top of the head because they, the, them Giants put in that work today. They did, they did their part. They need a little bit of help from uh, from one of our our arch nemesis uh, today, the Eagles, in in that um that a uh, Washington game that's getting ready to go down in a minute. But I'm very proud of the Giants and what they've been able to accomplish, putting themselves in a the position to to make the playoffs and win a division. Uh, this is big for me because this will be the first time that both my teams make it to the playoffs in a, in a little while.
0: Uh, yeah, Giants and Ravens. I mean, though the Ravens have had a lot of success over the last you know ten to fifteen years, it's almost like they alternate at times when the Giants are good, the Ravens aren't as good. Exactly. Uh, when the Ravens have been good, the Giants haven't been as good. But I, I was rooting for you guys today. Um, you and a good friend of mine, Leo, as you know, are both Giant fans. So. I was rooting for you guys and I agree with your sentiments exactly. I'm I'm super proud of what they've been able to do, though I'm not a giant fan, just watching what Joe Judge has done with that team, competing week in, week out. Again, today was no different. You know, this was like a playoff game for them and they they showed up, unlike some other teams who don't always show up in those moments.
1: That's a fact. Are you, are you are you talking about the um the Bears out in Chicago? Because I know you know we got some friends that uh you know they talked a lot heavy you know this season uh, with the Bears and and the Bears actually had, all the Bears had to do to make it in was win today. They didn't need, they didn't have to depend on nobody else to 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 take a loss. All they had to do was it was win and get in. And Eric, I'm gonna need you to play this clip right here uh, for our mutual uh, friend and, and tell him listen. It' He's welcome to still watch the watch football with us during the playoffs and whatnot. Even though his biz, you know, they ain't they ain't gonna be around. But he's definitely well, welcome to join us.
0: So they all they needed to do was win and get in. But they got a little bit of help because the Cardinals lost. Okay, so it, they'll still go in as the seventh seed. Uh, and they won the grand prize of getting to go to New Orleans next week and probably get beat by twenty.
1: Oh, okay, well that's good because uh, Michael yeah. Thomas will be back and uh, Kamara and those boys should be back as well. Right. And uh, we seen what they did putting a, a wide receiver in and one running back today. <laughs> so it just seems like anything that that, that New Orleans throws out there is like I right, we hitting. Let's get it. Let's get let's get to the end zone because they had an amazing uh, game today finishing off the season versus the Carolina Panthers. I love the fact that they that they make the last uh games of the season division games. So it was just so dope that you got Giants Cowboys. Now you got Eagles uh Washington. You know, you had the you had Saints and uh in 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 New Orleans and um Carolina you had the Bucks facing off against um Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady finished off this year strong. Uh 40 yeah. touchdowns, the most he's had since uh 2007 when he had that 50 piece. <laughs> like right. they, they got it they got it clicking, you know, second half, which I thought they would. Um, you know, coming in, completely new system for Tom Brady. Um, completely different style of weapons for Tom Brady, outside of the tight end position. But, you know, Godwin and Mike Evans are both they're, they're two deep threat wide receivers. Uh Tom Brady ain't had a deep threat wide receiver since Randy Moss in that 2007 season. So, you know, and then coming in, no, no preseason training camp different because of COVID. So that's pretty much X out. You know, we kind of both said early in the season that it would take them a little while to really kind of mesh and gel. But it looks like they, they did it just in time. And uh, they, they're going to play either Washington or the Giants uh, next week.
0: Correct. And I think they, they'll be the favorites in that game. Tampa Bay will be no matter who they play. Yeah. Rightfully so. As you said, their, their offense has been clicking the last three weeks. I'm not going to focus on the fact that those teams they beat weren't that good. I mean, they beat the Falcons twice and they, they beat Detroit. Um, but they, they are clicking. and As we talked about, it was going to take them a little bit of time. Nonetheless, Tom Brady is still the GOAT at the quarterback position. And... I, I don't see a scenario where you could doubt them winning round one. After round one, things might get tricky, but at least for round one, I think we expect to see this same caliber of team, though it'll be interesting whether it is Giants or the football team, because both of those teams have really good defenses that can get to the quarterback and could cause some issues. But for right now, let's just focus on the positives, man. Tampa Bay is looking good. As you mentioned, the schedule makers got it right again this year, not only because of the divisional games, but the way they were able to flex games so that, Teams who needed to see another team lose were playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you force teams to not just be able to sit back and be like, oh, we'll sit out, we'll sit our starters. Aside, really, from Kansas City, who already had the number one seed locked up, yeah. and, and Pittsburgh, who knew they couldn't get the number one seed anyway. Everybody else played their starters. I like, though I hate to say it because my Colts have to go there next week, I like what I saw from Buffalo, man. Like Josh Allen is clicking right now. Yeah, and man. It, you know, it was going to be pick your poison anyway, um, whether we won the division or not, because if we won the division, our prize would have been getting Lamar Jackson, who's probably the hottest quarterback over the last three weeks now anyway. Yeah. So either we were going to get him or we're going to get Josh Allen, one or the other. So we got to go on the road. We got to be ready for that. And, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Eagles, too, man. I would love to see the Giants get in and let that young defense get a crack at Tom Brady again, because you guys played them very well the first time.
1: That's a fact. And you know, for me, I'm okay with the Giants winning the division, making it to the playoffs, and losing in the wild card round. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that because this is not a, this is not a season where coming in I said, oh, the Giants is about to make this crazy run to the to the Super Bowl and it's going to be like the old Eli Magic days. No, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that. I knew the Giants were going to be were going to be bad this season, and they were they were bad this season. Um, you know, losing Saquon Barkley again. Hurts a lot, you know, especially when you're talking about one of the best offensive uh, players in football. Um, And then, you know, the ticky-tack injuries throughout, Golden Tate, Shepard, Ingram, you know, all of these guys. Daniel Jones missed time, guys on the defensive end. We didn't get in, which is crazy. Um, I got to say, I got to say, roll roll tight. Everybody get your roll on. Xavier McKinney. You know he didn't come in, in in the season until late anyway. That was the the um, the Giants' uh, second round draft pick out of Alabama, and you know he sealed the, he sealed that game for them today with that interception. He won that that game, so we didn't get to see him until later in the season. So I didn't I didn't have huge expectations for the Giants going into this thing, but um, you know I gained a a level of respect. For Joe Judge as a coach Because I didn't know what I was going to get um, Out of Joe Judge I didn't know what he was going to be able to do It's kind of like the uh, You know like the, the Bad News Bears uh, movies You know what I'm saying Like I didn't know what I was gonna get from him, as far as being a head coach, this was his first time out the gate. Um, but you know, very happy, looking forward to having him coach the Giants moving forward. Um, he definitely instilled a different mentality, a never quit mentality, and that's what we saw this season. Uh, you know, they won, they won the games that they that they were supposed to 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 win to put themselves in position to even be fighting for a playoff spot. You know what I mean? They had a a good run, and that's even with dealing with all of the injuries that they had to deal with. They put themselves in position to make it to the playoffs. They got to depend a little bit on the Eagles um, in a a couple of minutes. Uh, But, you know, they did what they had to do. And um, I tip my hat to the entire Giants organization, you know, as much as I would. I'm proud of them either way, but I definitely do want to see them uh, get into the playoffs and win a division this year. I think they, they definitely earned uh, that spot with the way they they played the second half of the season. And who knows? You know what I mean? I still got the Buccaneers as the favorites to win the game. I don't even want to act like I'm picking the Giants. You know what I'm saying? But the Giants played them very well, as you just said. It was a close game, a winnable game, actually, for the Giants. Two points. You know what I mean? Things could have been different. So who knows? You know, maybe you get another crack at them. Team is a little bit more healthy. There's a, a, a different level of confidence within the organization right now going into a wild card matchup. Um, you know what I mean? So so who knows? Maybe they can get to time break. Maybe they can steal a winning. Either way, though, like I said, I'm very proud of my Giants and what they what they were able to accomplish this season. I don't think anybody had them being where they are right now early on in the season. So my hat tip to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in, in terms of like win loss, which is always the measuring stick, I think they are right around the range. I thought they were going to be as a team six and 10, but I think what I was most impressed with, with Joe judge, as you said, is that the season started off very rocky. They lost some <laughs> close games. You lose Saquon. You had to discipline golden Tate. You know, you don't have your, your, your rookie safety for the first half of the season, but he kept them fighting all the way through. Mm-hmm. And, So to see them come out and win a close game today again emphasizes everything that Joe Judge is about: the toughness, the the no quit mentality, and they just keep grinding away. Because we saw other teams who had better records coming into today fold in in playoff opportunities, right? That's a fact. Um, The the Dolphins controlled their destiny; they folded. Yeah. The The Cardinals controlled their destiny against a backup quarterback making his first start; they folded. Yeah. You know the bears had a chance they so there were other teams that folded when a Giants said no we're, we're still gonna battle even though we know we need help from the eagles let's mm-hmm. go out there let's win let's end the season on a positive note and let's build from here and though i don't think he'll win coach of the year i think kevin stefanski from uh cleveland's gonna win that uh for breaking their playoff drought their 18-year playoff drought yeah i think joe judge gets serious consideration and as you said it's it's going to be one of those things to watch moving forward, uh, because I think Joe Judge is on the right track of, of building a culture. We always talk about culture, and yeah. he's building that with the Giants.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because I was, you know, I was saying the other day, you know, I'm because obviously, you know, you you don't make the playoffs, you know, you get a higher draft pick. However, with the records, it's not like there's going to be a difference of six, seven draft picks in between. The Giants and and, and and the Cowboys, you know what I mean. Like it's we talking. We're gonna still be talking about maybe a separation of like two draft picks, you know what I mean. So it's not really nothing too crazy. I would rather have that that confidence built because you got to think the Giants are a younger team now. They are they are really a really young young team right now. So I would rather that confidence be built up further. Get the win. You know what I'm saying? Because now, whether they whether they make it to the playoffs or not at this point, they know what they have to do in order to win. They did their job. You know what I mean? So you can't take that away from them, and that's something that they'll be able to build on, especially when you're dealing with a, a, a relatively young team.
0: Draft picks sound nice um, when you're targeting a specific guy. Like, you know, we know the Jets and the Jaguars are trying to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but for the most part, you want to put these young guys in situations where you can really test how good they are and how they handle those situations. I look at the the way the Giants defense played today, again, was lights out as they've been all season. Uh, the 19 points that the Cowboys scored really isn't indicative of how good that defense played today because 10 of those points were set up by turnovers, um, you know, a fumble. And then Evan Ingram had a terrible drop that. At that point, the Giants were dominating the game, and he drops a pass, which leads to an interception, and then now the Cowboys start gaining momentum. But we've talked about it for weeks now. The Giant defense is right up there with the Ram defense, right up there with Tampa Bay's defense, in terms of every statistical category. When you look at how they play the run, when you look at the way they get to the quarterback, when you look at the amount of points they give up, they're right there with every team. And so what you wanted to see was some of those younger guys that we talked about stepping up, can, can they handle the pressure? Sterling yeah. Shepard had an amazing game today. Yes. He was all over the place. He showed you that, look, when the pressure's on, I can handle this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's what you really want to see because ultimately the Giants have an organization that's top-notch. When you, when you talk Super Bowls, there aren't many teams that have more Super Bowls than the Giants. You know There's what I'm saying? Two. I
1: think it's only two.
0: Giants, right. Giants Which have been successful in the 80s. In the Patriots. Yeah, Giants were successful in the 80s, the 90s, and the early parts of the 2000s as well. So they're trying to build back to that legacy, and you want to test guys. You want to make sure guys can handle that type of pressure. I think you learned a lot about Sterling Shepard today. I think he showed you guys that, look, when, when the lights is on in this prime time, I'm a guy you can rely on. And he's. I guarantee you he's going to be one of those guys that two, three years from now, when this team is winning more games and, and competing to go deeper in the playoffs, he's going to be a part of that.
1: No, that's a, that's a fact. And it was crazy because – so uh, right now, you know, we also got the, the finals in fantasy football going on. So and I'm playing uh, Sean from uh, on the board of sports and uh, he has Shepard on the other side. And I'm like, it is early. So I'm like, now like it's, it's like a real tight one early. And I'm like, damn, I I really want the Giants to keep doing with the numbers that they doing. But could you pass the ball to Slayton? But then the other side is like. Sterling is, is Shepherd is hot. Get him the ball. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But not too much, cause cause I ain't trying to lose this game at the same time either. Yeah. So it was like bittersweet. But you know what? I will I will definitely take that and the win because because you know Shepherd is one of those guys who has missed a lot of playing time over the past couple of seasons. So to see him out there and be one of the main reasons that the Giants won this game cuz he was pretty much catching everything. He had a rushing touchdown, he had 100 plus yards receiving today. He was everywhere. Dallas had no answers for him. So it was a it was a great thing being able to see him because we saw that in, you know, in spurts, but he just couldn't stay healthy. He was getting hit with concussion after concussion after concussion. All the little ticky tack injuries. So to see in a in a game that meant the most for the Giants, for him to showcase his talents and what he's able to do, I loved it, man. You can't ask for anything more from your from your receivers.
0: Absolutely. He's a gamer and he showed that today. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't know what the playoff schedule is gonna be yet because we gotta see how this game ends tonight. So we'll, we'll have a little more idea of where time might be going. But what we do know is some head coaches are going to get fired because tomorrow truly is. Uh, I think they still call it like Black Monday in the NFL where it's head a holiday coaches who went,
1: <laughs> or reverse uh, holiday,
0: yeah, <laughs> the reverse holiday. Uh, Adam is. we've known, I think, for the last eight weeks, he was on his way out. Uh, and the words of a,
1: a battle rapper DNA
0: get him the out of here. Get him now yeah. <laughs> uh, so he'll take his two and fourteen season on his resume and get up out of there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We got to see what Atlanta does with Raheem Morris. We got to see what the Texans do. They they lost a crushing game today.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's, it's unfortunate because well, we, we knew the Deshaun Texans
1: was going to get a new coach because they already they got the ball rolling oh, earlier. So we know. Yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> they got the ball
0: rolling. It's, it's unfortunate that Deshaun's got to deal with that situation because yeah. he's so talented. Um what what do you see moving forward? How many head coaches do you think we might see fired over the next 2 or 3
1: days? I'm going to say at least uh 7 um <laughs> just because there was a, a lot of bad football uh being played this season from the from the bottom half of the league. So I'm definitely going to say it, Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Like they they're going to wind up changing things. Philadelphia. I don't think Doug Peterson uh, stays there much longer. Uh, Jacksonville. I think they're gonna probably want to change things up. Definitely the Jets because they're already talking about it. We know the Texans um, are getting a new coach. I want to say 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 Cincinnati too, but I think they'll hold off just because Joe Burrow got hurt, you know, earlier in the season. So I think they may may hold off. Uh, but I think there's going to definitely be, you know what I'm saying, those other teams, I think we definitely see a, a, a nice changing of the guard. Um, and they better not play Eric bien I, I'm telling you, I will, I will strike. If we go through another offseason, unless he says, I did not want to be a head coach, I wanted to stay with the Kansas City Chiefs until this run is over, unless I hear him personally say that, if he does not have a starting coaching job next season, I'm going on strike.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard from um, through through different outlets, and, and specifically Peter Schrager, who works, I believe, on that Good Morning Football show, mm-hmm. uh, where he said Eric Viannemi has already started to receive calls. The organization, I should say, has already started to receive calls. So band. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about him, being that they're going to be on a bye week, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing about him with interviews or scheduling interviews. Um, again, because the Chiefs aren't gonna play for two weeks. I agree with you with most of the teams. The only two that I'm not sure about is Cincinnati because Zach Taylor, he took over there last season when they were like tanking it away for at the time it was we thought it was two and they ended up with Joe Burrow. Yeah. And then Joe Burrow missed half the season this year. So I think he gets at least one more season, maybe even two, because his first year was a throwaway since they were tanking it anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, and the Chargers were talking about firing their head coach as well.
0: The Charger one is, is is one of the more interesting jobs because they've got the quarterback in place already. They've got weapons already. And I think they really only need a, a good head coach. And no disrespect to Anthony Lynn, he's messed up some situations for them this year. I think they just need a head coach there and a, and a scheme to utilize everything they do. But Justin Herbert is probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year. So that's an attractive job. And I think it'll be interesting to see if Eric Bannon interviews for that job because – we know that the Chiefs are going to run that division for the foreseeable future. Would Eric enemy take on that challenge of turning the Chargers into contenders while having to deal with the Chiefs? But uh, I think Cincinnati keeps their head coach. And I think if the Eagles win tonight, Doug Peterson keeps his job. And the only reason I, I put emphasis on tonight's game is if Jalen Hurts, who's played well through his three starts, if he plays well again tonight and they win, the narrative becomes, well, look, the team wasn't bad. It's just Carson Wentz was struggling and he – he held us back from being what we could be. Yeah. So I think tonight could go a long way for him. I think also the fact that Carson Wentz, um, there's reports that he's already openly said he wants to be traded. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they expect Doug Peterson to be the head coach as well, because if there was indications that Doug wasn't coming back, maybe Carson might say, all right, I'll stick around and see if I can win the job with the next head coach. Yeah. But the fact that he already knows I'm out of here, I think he knows Doug ain't leaving. So I might as well get out of here. Yeah. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, unfortunately I have a feeling my Colts are going to be at one of the teams at the top of that list just because of his relationship with Frank Wright, who is his offensive coordinator um in Philadelphia.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess it see in and 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 the Chargers one, I thought was a little bit funny that they were talking about uh getting a new head coach just because I'm like the Chargers actually play well um and and Justin Herbert, you know, he did his thing this year. You know what I'm saying? They 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 did a pretty good job um I think, you know, obviously they, they, they're still a few pieces away, but I didn't think it, they did bad enough to where I would be like, yeah, fire the coach, get him out of there, a complete change necessary because they balled out. Outside of um, the New England game where, I th- where they got, like, completely demolished, other than that, you know what I'm saying, they were pretty much in most of the games Again, Justin Herbert is probably going to be offensive rookie of the year, and and they have a superstar quarterback moving forward. So I I was a little bit confused on that one, um, but you know th- the way things go in this in this league, the only thing that sucks is is that you know we're going to lose a couple more black coaches <laughs> in the shuffle. So that's the only thing where it's like ah, here we go again. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it just kind of sucks because we 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 um you know not that we got that many as it is now, so you know a couple of them is going is going to be gone next season as well. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. But the Chargers one was just a little bit confusing to me.
0: It, it was really the the undoing for Anthony Lynn. There, I think, is just the amount of double digit, <laughs> double digit leads that they blew this year. I think they had five games where they led by fourteen or more points and somehow lost. Uh, happened the first time they played Kansas City. It happened when they played the Saints. It happened um, in their Buccaneers game where they were up like 17 points against the Buccaneers. So ultimately, they finished seven and nine, which is respectable for a young team because no one had them winning the division, right? So at best, they would have been a wild card team that maybe went nine and seven or ten and six, but they go seven and nine. And when the ownership looks at it and says, "Look, we had five games that were we had the lead and were very winnable." If we win three of those games, we go 10-6 and six and make the playoffs. And so I think that's what they're really looking at. It, mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate, like you said, you know, we want Anthony Lynn to get the, the opportunity to be successful there because obviously he's done some things there. They were in the playoffs two years ago with Phillip Rivers as their quarterback, but he struggled to close out games, whether it's kicker issues, whether it's just strategic issues. They may just need a new voice in that locker room, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, we again – Monday is 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 going to approach uh, very fast because we already we already it's already Sunday Sunday evening so we are gonna see and, and we'll keep you guys posted next week with all of the the firings and if we have any new hirings we'll definitely uh let you guys know we got to shout out two guys though uh we got we got another two thousand yard rusher and Derrick Henry and we got the first quarterback to run 4000 yards in back-to-back seasons with my guy Lamar Jackson. So we got to we got to give them some props today. Uh 200 plus yards for for Derrick Henry today. Um oh wait, can I can we say roll tide on on um, on that one? <laughs>
0: but we have to say roll tired. as I mean, well
1: can we can everybody get your roll on on that one yeah. as well because of 250 yards, two touchdowns today to cap off a 2000 yard rushing season amazing which i i'm a little bit nervous about going into this wild card round because you know that was the team that gave baltimore All that smoke last year. So I'm a little bit – I'm kind of hoping that maybe he's run out of gas (laughs) at this point and he won't completely just go crazy uh, next week on the ground since he just ran for 250 yards. Um, And I actually – you know what I'm saying? Because that's going to be crazy. But uh, the Ravens, man, and Lamar Jackson, I mean, they probably have one of the best rushing attacks over the past two seasons that we've seen you know what I'm saying, with the with the variation of their running backs and Lamar Jackson, who's able to pretty much do the impossible whenever he has the football in his hands. Um, they turned it up the second half of the season as well because they had a little tough uh, stretch there for a while where they were out of the play uh, of contention. Um, you know, they had the big COVID issue where they lost a couple of guys, for a couple of key guys for a little while, a couple of injuries that affected the team. Um, you know, but again, shout out to Lamar Jackson, uh, first ever quarterback to rush 4,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. I, we might, he might get to get, get the, the 3 peak next season. Cause he's still young. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, he, that part of his game it. is, you know what I mean? It's slowing yeah, down. He's,
0: he's so, going to do it again in his career at some point, whether it's next year or, or several years from now, he ain't slowing down no time soon. Um, I, I think that might be the biggest game of next weekend. We know that the Titans eliminated the Ravens last year in the playoffs, they beat the Ravens this year in an overtime thriller where they came back actually. And, and then uh, King Henry walked them off with a big touchdown run at the end to end that game in overtime. And it'll be interesting to see because we know Lamar has not won a playoff game. Yeah. And if they don't play well next week and they happen to lose, is it possible that John Harbaugh's job could be on the line? Um, we know Lamar is is a transcending talent. He's already won an MVP in the league. Like you said, he, the thousand yard back-to-back rushing seasons, Multiple time pro bowler. He's one of the biggest weapons in the game. You got to find a way to win next week if you're Baltimore. I, I just think if you're John Harbaugh, you have got to find a way schematically. I don't care what it is. You cannot lose three straight years in the first round with the type of talent that the Ravens have on their team.
1: Yeah, because then we might have to be talking about is it time for, for a new voice in in that Ravens uh, locker room as well? And, you know, and Arbaugh is my guy got us to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, um, you know what I mean? And I think he's a great coach, but, you know, sometimes you, you need that change. You need somebody sometimes. somebody different, you know what I'm saying? Um, and they've built a really good team, but I think the area that they've lacked at is they still have not addressed the wide receiver issue. And I know they drafted Hollywood Brown, who who I think who is still is still get coming into his own, and he still needs a little bit more time because, again, he missed a lot of time his rookie year. Um so, you know, they still got to build that chemistry, but he's he's not enough at wide receiver. You know what I mean? Especially when you when when you look at the the top playoff teams, like they all have at least one all-pro caliber type of 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 receiving threat. And I know Mark Andrews is a top tight end in football, but he needs those wide receivers. He needs somebody downfield that can that can help out and catch the ball. And Hollywood Brown is not enough. I know they've been getting some some juice out of Miles Boykin finally um the past two weeks. Des even helped out. He, he he caught a couple of touchdowns this past couple of games, but that's not enough. Um, you know, especially when you're talking about Mahomes got Tyreek Hill, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to go along with his superstar <laughs> tight end Kelsey. Uh, you know, Drew Brees got, got Michael Thomas, one of the best in, in football. Tom Brady got, got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. You know what I mean? So all of these teams got these crazy wide receivers <laughs> out there, and they still have not put wide receivers around Lamar Jackson. You know, we don't want – I don't – as much as I like saying that, you know, he broke the record and got back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing season, I don't want him to have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because – before Lamar Jackson was my was my favorite quarterback, there was another running quarterback that was my favorite quarterback and that was Michael Vick. And you know, we saw what happened when he had to overly use those legs. Injury started to hit, you know what I'm saying as he started to get to get older. And I don't want that for Lamar Jackson. So, they're going to have to bring in some wide receiver help. Um maybe they can get Julio Jones next season. Um I know his, you know, he was a little bit banged up this year, but I think if they can get him you know, without having to spend too much um, because he's definitely going to be on the trade market next year, I I would pull a plug on that without a doubt.
0: I feel you. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead on what they might do because obviously they got a big game in front of them. And I think, uh, like I said, I I view it as a must win for them. I agree. I, I haven't liked the weapons that the Ravens have put out there on the field aside from Mark Andrews. Though the running game is really good. Um, you know, I, I, I've said weeks ago they needed a veteran receiver who knew how to get open on third down. And that's what they don't have. Um, but they, they've got it. Nonetheless, you know, you got what you got. You, they're hot right now. They've got to find a way to win next week. And I think their defense has to step up to the challenge. Their defense struggled last year in that game against Tennessee. Granted, the turnovers didn't help them because Tennessee was working with short field some of the time. But Derrick Henry really got his playoffs going in that game at Baltimore last year they're going to have to make a concerted effort to make Ryan Tannehill beat you. I know it's easier said than done, but if you're going to allow King Henry to go for a hundred plus yards and 20 plus carries, it's, it's damn near guarantees. You're going to lose that game. Yeah. So they, they got to figure that, that part of it out, man. Um, Let's, let's get into some basketball though. Let's get into some basketball. It's it's some things happening. Um, Where where you want to start with the NBA? We want to start with the, with some of the charitable work, so we want to talk about the game.
1: You know what? Let's let's actually let's start with the with, with the charity stuff that's been that's been going okay. on. because we get at we get at Kyrie when he be out here on his BS. You know what I'm saying? So we got to keep it all the way tall, and when he's out here doing positive things off the court, we got to shout that brother out for that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Kyrie paid off the tuition for non-HBCU students. Uh, Amazing Because if any of you guys that have been to college And have had to take out any type of loans Or anything that you have to pay back You understand how big Having your college tuition paid off is Because uh, you don't want to go out And start to You know, like I have friends That were 90000 in debt After graduating college You know what I mean? And you ain't making 90000 out the gate just like that you know what I'm saying? So it's gonna take a couple of years to pay it off, and I still know a lot of people that are older than, way older than me, that are still paying off their college loans. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that Kyrie stepped up and helped out those non students is something that they will never forget, and we gotta applaud that brother on that.
0: Absolutely, we gotta commend him on that. Um, it's a, it's an amazing, uh, it's just an amazing thing to do. You know what I'm saying? To, to look out for students and understand, as you said the value of education and understanding that, look, I want to help somebody be ahead of the game as opposed to behind the eight ball when they graduate. So kudos to him and congratulations to those students that, that are getting that opportunity. And, you know, don't, don't slack on it. Take advantage of it. Understand that you, you caught a major blessing and now take advantage of that blessing. You know what I'm saying?
1: And, and, you know, the fact that it was all students that, that uh, attend HBCUs, uh, I think just for me, just made it even better.
0: I agree. I definitely agree on that.
1: So shout out to Kyrie. Now that, now that we don't we don't have the shout outs going down now let's get into this basketball because the NBA season is back had a little, we had a we had a small vacation we had a, just a small very, vacation very small and and now
0: we're officially <laughs> a week into the season now. So we, we got a good idea of how some teams look now.
1: Exactly. So why don't we start off with the best? We don't want to get to the worst. Yet, let's start off with the best. Uh, the two best records in the, in, in the league right now are the Phoenix Suns and the Philadelphia 76ers, both at 5-1. and one. Both of those teams had some big additions this season uh, obviously, you guys know Chris Paul is 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 with the Suns right now. And then for Philly, I think their biggest addition was actually on the administrative side, bringing in Doc Rivers, bringing in Daryl Morey. Um, I think those were their two biggest additions right there. I know they obviously they made a couple of of uh, smaller moves to to tweak the roster, but I think for them, I think their biggest move was actually bringing in Doc Rivers, who's a championship uh, head coach, has a lot of experience working with. Superstars and superstar egos, um, and then Daryl Morey, you know, who's been in this league as a GM a very long time. Um, but, you know, from the start of the season, it's looking like, you know, it's, it's definitely working out because, again, they're both 5-1, and one. best records in basketball in, in the East and the West, respectively. Now, how long this holds up, I can't say, but to start the season off, both these teams are playing some really good basketball.
0: Absolutely. I think the, the biggest addition um, with those guys, as you said, Chris Paul, and then on the coaching side for Philly, has just been the confidence. I look at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, I, I felt, is one of the top 10 players in the league for quite some time. And now he's actually playing with that type of confidence. Mm-hmm. And he came in with that mindset this year that I'm going to show you why I'm an MVP caliber player. And on the flip side, Chris Paul with a young Phoenix team that showed a little bit of something last year, you know, at the bubble when they went 8-0. And they showed, like, look, there's some talent if we can just get this clicking. And I'm, I'm very happy for Monty Williams as a the coach there because I like Monty Williams. And yes. so now that he has the pieces there, um, it's all clicking. Chris Paul is, is, is really giving these guys the confidence because all you got to do is get to your spot. I'll get you the ball. Just get to your spot. Be ready to knock down that shot. Be ready to finish that layup. And it's showing. So I, I like what both those teams are doing. Um, obviously, we know Phoenix still has to deal with that juggernaut out west. And that'll be the true test of, of how good they really are. But for them to have the start they have now, after the way they finish in the bubble, it's, it's a good sign.
1: That's a fact. And I want to go back, too, because you brought up uh, Monty Williams and how great of a coach he is. And I um, and I thought that he was a great coach. Um, I watched on They had on uh, NBA Network. This was got to be maybe – was that? When, when he was coaching New Orleans, got to be at least six, seven years ago. When he was, uh,
0: uh, he yeah he had the job then back then yes
1: it was, yeah so and I'm and I'm so I'm watching this they, you know they had practice and they had a relatively young team at the time so during I guess like one of the, the huddles and whatnot they would he was talking to the players uh, about financial security and being mindful of 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 the people that are around you and whatnot and I don't know if. Every coach has those conversations with their players, but I really respected the fact that he had those conversations, and that made me actually like him even more as a coach because, you know, listen, at the end of the day, that's not my job to tell you how to live your life off the court. My job is to get wins on the court. You know what I mean? So for him to take the time and and understand that he's dealing with young men, but more so young black men, um, you know what I'm saying? And take the time out to, to, to speak to them about those things. I thought that was an amazing thing. And for me, that, that pushed him way up as far as, as coaches go, because not only is he teaching them on the court, but he's teaching them about life and how to sustain the the, 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 the living that you're, that you're being afforded right now by playing in the NBA and making millions of dollars. But you also have to be smart. With that money, we've all seen thirty for thirty broke uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, or we or we know, and we know the numbers of how many athletes go broke after they retire from their sport. So I just wanted to shout him out um, on that. You know, just because since you brought him up, I thought that was a, you know I thought he, he, that was a great thing that he did.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's well liked and well respected throughout the league i've heard greg popovich say you know great things about Monty, and um i I think it was i want to say maybe within the last four to five years maybe it was a little sooner than that but i think it was in that time frame where he had lost his wife yes and i remember i remember hearing the players um you know the way they spoke of him and his wife and and just him as a man the way they spoke about him and that goes to your point of you know he he really takes a hands-on approach with his players where we know at the end of the day this is a business but he Mm -hmm. treats his players as young young men who are part of his family, he wants to mold you and help you along the way. So I'm, I'm happy to see the success they're having. I hope it continues. And I hope ultimately people realize, you know, he is a really good head coach. You know, he, he's never had a juggernaut team, but for him to be competitive year in, year out. And we talked about it before coaches that get the most out of those out of their guys. Those are the truly great coaches. Yes, because those are the guys that can find just a small, small glimmer of talent that you have and maximize that
1: talent. Absolutely. Can we um can we talk about another coach uh, that made some history this past week? Uh we, ha- we oh, had we had We had the, to. the the first uh female uh coach coaching uh on the on the court and uh shout out to Becky Hammond, uh WNBA legend and now you know she's she's brought her talents over to the NBA in the coaching capacity for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. She's been there for a little while. She won the summer league uh, a couple of seasons ago. She's still with the Spurs. I think she's primed. She's being primed to take over for Greg Popovich once he steps down because I don't don't see Greg Popovich sticking around for another five years. You know what I mean? Because we've actually been hearing about him – leaving for the last five years, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, and, and what better tutelage to be under than Greg Popovich, who is a multiple championship head coach. Um, he's a great leader, great teacher. So to study under Greg Popovich, who's one of the all-time greats, I think she is, you know, primed to take over that that head coaching job once he retires. And, you know, I, I think that she gets a lot of respect uh, from from the Spurs and just in, in the NBA in general, I think she gets a lot of respect because she you know she came into this into the into the league after after retiring from the NBA as as an all time great you know in the WNBA. And then she she brought that same demeanor, that respect, and and everything over to the San Antonio Spurs when she became a part of the the coaching roster. And you know, I thought it was an amazing thing to see her get her shot. Um, you know, just being out there on the court, the, the first uh, female head coach. Shout out to Becky Hammond.
0: Absolutely, major shout out there. And you're right, Trip. She is being groomed. Uh, we know Pop thinks highly of her. And as he said, you know, when when they mentioned it the other day, is you know he gets ejected and. You can assign any head coach or any assistant to take over. And he picked her. He said, there's a reason, you know, she knows what she's doing and she's great at the job. So that was his stamp of approval for the world to know. I'm sure those are the conversations they've had beyond closed doors. Yeah. But now he wants the world to know, look, she's second in command here. So whether I step away, I get ejected, I take time off, she's going to be running the show. And it seems like the players are very receptive to her as well. So yes. I think it's only a matter of time before she's head coach, whether it's San Antonio or somewhere else.
1: No, that's a fact. That's a fact. And San Antonio is doing all right. I mean, I know my my guy, Braun, put a little Trip Dub on him. Miss Trip Dub, as as Unc like to say, came to visit when they played them. But San Antonio was actually doing all right this season. Um, I do want to jump. We got to jump down. We got to take it to the bottom of the bottom, the worst of the worst. Uh, Washington, Russell Westbrook came over. They shipped John Wall out. who was actually looking really good uh, in Houston. And uh, they brought Russell Westbrook in to, to, to be running mates with Bradley Beal. Uh, it's not working As planned Although they did beat the Nets today um, But it's not working as planned They are uh, still at the bottom Of the Eastern Conference Which we know is the is the, is the lesser of the two um, Can they turn this thing around?
0: Uh, they'll turn it around I think a lot of this is Scott Brooks um, He's not that good of a head coach Point blank period And uh <laughs> You know, I mean, let, let, let's let's keep it funky again. When we talk yeah. about coaches who can get the most out of their talent, we're not going to pretend that Bradley Beal ain't one of the top fifteen guys in the league. Oh, that's right? a fact.
1: He is. He definitely. So you is.
0: got Bradley Beal. You you drafted well the last two years. You got some good guys like Thomas Bryant. You bring in Russell Westbrook. That's more than enough talent for the, for you to at least be five hundred. You know, yeah. they they win today, like you said. Now they're two and five, so they're not quite cellar dwellers. Um I I loved everything you said, though, there, because normally when we talk about the worst team in the East, it's another team we're talking about. But they're not the worst anymore. And then you mentioned Brooklyn lost today, which means the best record in New York City right now. Oh, Lord. Resides in Midtown. I'm just I know it's very early. Uh, We're just the best record in New York City right now resides in Midtown. Shout out to my man Tibbs. Tibbs is doing an amazing job. I got to shout Tibbs out.
1: No, he, he, he definitely is. And you guys, you do have the, the best record in, in the in the city right now. Um, you know, I'm looking forward if to... If the season
0: ended today, trip, because I know these announcers love to say that. If the season ended today...
1: Yeah, Eric, you you, you know usually that's more towards the end of the season when they start making those kind of statements. They don't usually say that after the first week, but I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let Listen, you have it.
0: We, we <laughs> dealt with COVID last year. The season could end
1: this week. The, you like, know what? You, all could, right. you know what? You're absolutely right. You the are, season could end right now. You like, are absolutely right, bro. I'm going to let you have your moment. You got it. I let you have the Mets last week. I'm going to let you have this this week. It's been 40-plus years. You can have it right now. In in another three weeks, we'll see how things are (laughs) looking. Listen, I'm just happy we're playing
0: respectable basketball. You got to take the small wins. You got to take the small wins. We're playing respectable basketball. We we compete every night, and I like what I'm seeing from them. And
1: hey, you know Obi Toppin, you know the the Knicks first round draft pick. You know he hasn't played yet. He's still he's still hurt. I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to uh, seeing him play. So you know, hopefully they and Hopefully they get better. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing both. Uh, you know the teams that are in New York. You know, look good because I actually I want to see them in the playoffs going back and forth. You know what I'm saying? That's something I've, I've been wanting to see: is Knicks and Nets play each other. And the playoffs, but they both haven't been able to get there at the same time. So, you know, we, we don't know what's going to necessarily happen with that. But, like I said, I'm going to let you have it. It's the beginning of the season. It's early. Go ahead, man. It's, that's your team. Go ahead. You root for them. Get it out your system. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm not going to be a Shaq today. I'm not going to come out and throw the hate at you today. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be Shaq. Shaq is my guy. You know Shaq is my guy. But this is the second time now in, in, in a couple of months that he done came out on some hate and BS. The first time was with Dwight Howard when he was trying to say Dwight Howard didn't really deserve to be celebrating the way he was celebrating uh, after the Lakers won. And it was just like, come on, bro. Dwight Howard put in work. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, he's not the Dwight Howard four-time defensive player of the year, all-star Dwight Howard. But, you know... When he when it was time for him to come in and play against Denver, he he pretty much locked up one of the best big men in basketball, arguably the best big man in basketball, top three, I guess, with with with, uh, with You know what I'm saying? So now he's switching up to another big man, Rudy Gobert. And uh, one thing that that we don't do as men is we don't check another man's pockets and we don't check another man's woman. Okay, and you out here checking Rudy Gobert's pocket. Talking about, well, you know, this just gives the guy something to aspire to. All you got to do is average 11 points a game, and uh, you can get $205 million out the league. Now, my whole thing with that is, is, first of all, Shaq, stop, stop. Do not speak on another man's pockets. That's that's number 1. That's what we don't do. We don't speak on another man's pockets. His worth is what what he demands his his worth is. And if that's what if he's able to get what he feels he's worth, then you got to respect that man. How many times have, have teams not given guys what they deserve? You know what I'm saying? Give them a lot less than what they deserve. So you mm-hmm. got to And you know what I'm saying? And yeah, okay, Gobert only averages 11 points a game, but we're not going to act like this is just some scrub that averages 11 points a game. If you look at Gobert's resume, okay, we got defensive player of the year. we got an all-NBA appearance. we got four all-defensive appearances, all you know what I'm saying, all-star appearances. So this is not like the way Shaq is saying it, you would think that we're talking about somebody who is literally all they do is, is score 11 points a game and that's it and, and brings nothing else to the table.
0: I mean the irony and all this, like you said too. As a man, you should not be counting anybody else's pockets. But Shaq was cashing checks towards the end of his career that he wasn't really contributing to, or, exactly. or, or producing for. I should say, right? Phoenix, I Boston, mean, Phoenix, Boston, even the end of that Miami run was was ugly. Cavs. So yeah, the Cavs. I came,
1: so. I came to Cleveland to get a ring for the King. Well, what would happen to it? Because you stunk it up. So let's come on. Let's not do right. that, Shaq. We got we so, got a lot of love for you, Shaq. But don't do that.
0: Right, right. Shaq is an all-time legend, but he, he was cashing some checks that he knew he really wasn't... Um, his production on the court wasn't matching up what he was being paid. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, whatever Rudy gets is what he gets. I mean, is Shaq complaining jealous? when somebody's... Huh? You're jealous? Like... Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Is Shaq complaining when, when somebody gets underpaid? Is, is he is he vouching for guys who are on rookie deals who are outperforming their rookie deal? No. You know what I'm saying? Like... So, come on, let's not do that. And like you said, Rudy Gobert is a multiple-time defensive player of the year, multiple-time all-star. The dude is producing an elite. Is, is yeah. he an offensive juggernaut? No, but that's not his game, though.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? James Harden ain't a defensive player, but we're not sitting here questioning why James Harden making what he making, even though he has yet to lead a team to the finals.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's that's cool. that's, that's, that's cool. a perfect point. Because he damn sure ain't no defensive juggernaut. Right. right. <laughs> right.
0: It's, it's like saying, oh, I'm going to tell my kids – James Harden making, you know, you could, as long as you just shoot the ball 30 times a game and, and you and you could dribble, yeah. you're gonna make 200 million. Like,
1: you ain't gotta play no defense. No. On, yeah, he starting to sound like the old head that's hating in the club. Absolutely, like, you gotta chill, bro. We got a lot of love for you, Shaq Hall of Famer, you know, one of the best players to ever do it in the sport of basketball, one of the most dominant players. You know what I'm saying? We always put respect on your name, Shaq, but but we gotta call a spade a spade when you're out here hating. We got to call you out on that, and it looked like you out here hating, bro. So I'm gonna need you to 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 get that get that in order. You know what I'm saying? I'm or or I'm gonna have to bring back those uh those those t shirts that Puffy was making in 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 the the mid 2000s. No bitch assness, because that's what it seemed like you was on when you was making those statements. All right, stop counting on the next man's pockets. Let that man eat, okay? Because listen, who knows? He might not be able to get another check like that again. (laughs) So let that brother eat. Let him enjoy that 205 million. You know what I'm saying? Well, he don't make you okay, and we're going to move on <laughs> just like that, all right? Right. Uh, John Morant, rookie of the year. He's going to be out for a month, which kind of sucks, because I was looking forward to uh, seeing the young bull uh, get back to it this season. Um, but, you know, three to five weeks it's not too bad, but, you know, that's that's a chunk of games that he's he is going to be missing. Um, you know how that's gonna gonna affect Memphis down the road as far as making it to the playoffs. You know we're gonna have to wait and see, but he's clearly their best player. Um, you know on 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 the roster. So without him, I know it's gonna be tough for them to win games. I just hope that they don't fall back too far enough to where even when he comes back, it's gonna be hard to uh, to to make any type of push for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it sucks. He he got off to a really good start. Um, but, you know, luckily it was early enough in the season where he'll have time to recover and get himself right. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is something that lingers throughout the season because he is truly one of the top talents in the league.
1: No, that's a, that's a fact. So we definitely wishing, uh, Ja a speedy recovery. Um, we're going to, we're going to switch up a little bit though, because, uh, college football. Just went down, and we've been talking about the tide rolling uh, throughout this entire uh, episode, and the uh, the tide continued to roll on New Year's Day. Uh, they beat up on Notre Dame. Shout out to my guys, Devonta Smith, Mac Jones, and uh, Najee uh, H- Harris. Uh, them boys came to play, and uh, they're going back to the national championship game. Is going down January eleventh, and uh, they will be playing the team that got the upset on the other side uh led by a young kid that that myself you and uh, and Sean have been talking about in the group chat for for uh, the last like 2 weeks um because we wanted to see him do well and uh I think he surpassed any expectations that we had for him in uh in that uh, Sugar Bowl win over Clemson and uh Trevor Lawrence the projected number 1 pick my question to you Eric is did he do enough for Jacksonville to really have to sit and debate this thing out on whether or not Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback of the two, or does he need to win in the national championship game to solidify that?
0: No, I think he's done enough um, to at least create the debate because you look at not only his performance in you know this playoff game, but his performance last year. And over his two-plus seasons as a starter, he only has one career loss, which was last year in the playoffs. So I think the body of work is strong enough. I think, to me, he passed the eye test. When I watched that game, I wanted to see how he would handle pressure. I wanted to see how he would handle getting the ball down the field. I think he handled everything superbly. He ran when he needed to run. He he extended plays when he needed to extend plays. And he has a cannon of an arm. I mean, he just continued to throw down the field. Um, and there was there was a particular play that really blew the game wide open. Uh, I think at the time they were up 35-21, and he hits a deep pass over the middle of the field. And um, even uh Kirk Hurstry, who who's breaking down the game, have made the comment of his growth as a quarterback because last year on the interception he throws at the end of the game, he allows number 24 to bait him and he tries to take the post, and the post goes mm-hmm. out to a corner route, and he ends up throwing the interception that costs him the game. This year, they send a deep post to 24, and he actually gets 24 to bait on it, and then he gets the big play down the field, which showed his growth and his understanding of what the defense was trying to do. So yep. I think I think all the tools are there. I, I think the, the kid is supremely gifted, and then he also showed the toughness. He yes. took a hell of a shot, and, you know, he, he came right back in the game, grimacing and all, but he said, I'm going to complete the game, and I'm going to make sure we move on to the next round. So That's I fact. think there will be discussions. I think the tough part is Trevor Lawrence, again, as we said, is – is considered one of those can't-miss prospects. And if yes. you're Jacksonville, if you're Jacksonville, I think you need Trevor Lawrence because you need to sell tickets. They're a team, you know, they have a small fan base. They're probably, I mean, out of football teams alone in their in their own state, they're the third team. And overall in sports, they're probably the, the sixth or seventh favorite team in in the, in the state. They need mm-hmm. a guy like that who can sell tickets. So I think they go that route. But if you're the Jets and I and I had this debate with uh, Will from on the board of sports because I had to remind him as well. If you're the Jets, I think you were super excited by this performance from Justin Fields. Yes. And knowing that we can still get this talent at number two. Mm-hmm. um, You know, Will from on the board was a little skeptical. He was like, I don't know if it's all hype. And I'm like, look, I know everybody's talking about it now because it's fresh in our minds. But he had a hell of a playoff game last year as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've
0: said this over and over. The kid reminds me a lot of Deshaun Watson and yeah. what he's able to do. And I, I just don't think you could pass on him if you're the Jets. If you're the Jets, you have to take him.
1: Yeah. And honestly, for me, uh, the jury is not out yet on who's the better quarterback, him or Trevor Lawrence. I know Trevor Lawrence has the hype. Um, but if I'm if I'm just looking at, you know, what he's been able to do um, and how the quarterback position is changing, um, and then, you know, look at the, the just the numbers, heads up. You know, he dominated the performance that, that Trevor Lawrence had. And this is not a situation where we're talking about, you know, Trevor Lawrence who, Lawrence who threw for 400 yards but only had two touchdowns to one interceptions. You know, Justin Fields threw for 385, had six touchdowns to one interceptions. That's a four-touchdown difference, four-score difference in, in, in what they did. Um you know what I mean. So the jury's still not out for me. I think the Jets may have gotten lucky. Um, I do agree with you. I think if you're if you're Jacksonville, you still have to kind of take Trevor Lawrence just because of the box office effect. Now, if Justin Fields can go out and beat Alabama, now that that might change things up to the point where now you really gotta look look into this thing and say, you know what, this kid might be just as box office as Trevor Lawrence. And not only did he outplay Trevor Lawrence to get to the championship game, he beat Clemson and then went on to beat Nick Saban-led defense. And that Alabama defense, you know, the the the, 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 the rankings are a little bit skewed this season just because, uh, you know, Teams didn't play the same amount of games that they usually do. When you have some teams, again, like you have an Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State team that only played six games coming into into the playoffs, and then you have you know Clemson or Alabama team that played ten, eleven games. So the the defensive rankings are a little bit skewed. Um, so they actually they had they have Alabama's defense uh, ranked fifth right now. Uh, however, you know what I'm saying that's in, you know the teams that are ahead of them are. Teams that are from the, the the lesser conferences. Um like they had Kent State as the, the, the highest ranked defense. And we know that the, the competition that they play is not on the level of a lot of these SEC teams, a lot of these Pac Ten, Pac-Twelve teams. So, you know, if you can go in and beat Alabama after coming off of beating Clemson, I think we 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 gotta we gotta go back to the drum board.
0: Yeah, it's it's possible. If if he's able to run the gauntlet and, and get that game against Alabama. And that'd be really similar to what Deshaun did before he left, when he was able to win that national championship as well. Mm-hmm. A- again, I think the kid is great. Everything is there. Um, there were a few things that I saw from Trevor Lawrence that I didn't like in that game. And there's some things that I think are, are, are going to translate to the next level because he really struggled with the outside pass rush. Yes. And what I mean by that is he takes such a deep drop on a snapback that the outside pass rushers were able to get to him with, with very little effort, they didn't have to do much, but just run a wide route to him. And he was there waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So that's something he's going to have to work on. And then you wonder, you know, he's a guy who scrambles a lot in college, but you wonder if maybe he's able to do that because it's a little slower competition. Whereas the next level, you got guys like Chase Young who are faster than you at defensive line. You know what yes. I'm saying? So there's going to be some things to watch. I think Trevor Lawrence still has to be the number one pick. But I do think that Justin Fields has now created the conversation as to should we take him? And if he has a big game against Alabama, now it becomes a stronger conversation. As you know what, the kid has shown for two years that he's ready to go and mm-hmm. he may be the better fit.
1: Yeah. And um, so. All right. So who are you taking? Obviously, you know, the tide is going to roll in my direction. But who are you picking in a championship game?
0: If If they were playing immediately, like if they were playing this week, I probably would have leaned towards Ohio State just because of their performance but you're giving Nick Saban a whole week to game plan for you. yeah. And Nick Saban is the best coach in college for a reason. They're going to be ready for whatever they throw at them. Um, I don't think there's really any matchup that they can exploit against Alabama, aside yeah. from Fields using his legs to extend plays and cause havoc in that route, in that manner. But those deep passes they got against Clemson, they won't be there against Alabama. They're going to have to be more patient. He's going to have to play mistake-free football. And they're gonna need the kid uh, Trey Sermon to have a big running day as well, because we know Alabama every year boasts several pros on that defense.
1: And uh, and I'm gonna tell you why he will not have that type of running uh, game. And, and there's one guy that's lined up right in the middle, and that's Dylan Moses. And I can't see him running for a buck forty on this Alabama defense. Um, now I do hope that Justin Fields has a good game. Um, because I want that for him But I'm still taking Alabama um, But you know Again Dylan Moses And when you're talking about Going downfield You got Patrick Sertan II Who is That he's that blue chip caliber He's he's I second gen- sec- Yes yeah, second generation His his dad played in the NFL And his dad was a top corner In the NFL So he's of that cloth And that guy is out there lurking So <laughs> you know you got to you got to be careful with that so i'm taking alabama to win uh the championship game you know just roll tide man this this is a whole episode of everybody get your roll on man everybody get your roll on uh really quick we going i hate when we got to end off the show on a somber note uh but we had a couple of losses in the sports world so we just want to say rest in peace uh to 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 retired denver broncos running back floyd little um if if you guys if you guys have seen the Express the uh, the, the the Ernie Davis uh, movie, he was at the end of that movie. Actually, Chadwick Bozeman actually played him. And geez, man, this seven degrees degree separation is crazy because he actually played Floyd Little in the movie. Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman as well. Uh, but Floyd Little, he was also he was the he was the guy that the, the running back that came after Jim Brown up at Syracuse, um, and then you know he, he went into the league. Um, You know, he had a a nice career in the league, but rest in peace to him. And then uh, Paul Westfall, former actually uh, son's uh, head coach, passed away as well. Um, So we want to send our condolences out to both uh, of those families, friends, the fans, everyone that was affected, two big losses in the the world of sports. So rest in peace to, to, to you guys.
0: Absolutely. Condolences to those families, man. It's a tough way to start the new year.
1: Yeah. And, um... Lastly, before we get out of here Let me just tell you guys We gotta shout out our sponsors uh, Really quick uh, Petro Home Services Kmart, Soundview Liquors the Rosado phone. We always got to show those guys love because they've been rocking with us for a very long time. Uh, make sure that you guys are following us on all social media. If you are not in the New York City area and you can't watch the show on television on Thursday nights uh, on Verizon uh, 43 BPN2 from 8 to 9 p.m., all you got to do is go to the website, realfansrealtalk.com, click on that button on the homepage, and you can watch live Every Thursday night. And then follow us on, on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Real Fan Talk, Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk. And of course, make sure you are subscribed to that YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash For the Fans Productions. And also make sure you guys are subscribed to all of our affiliate podcasts the Real Fans Real Talk podcast, the Sanchez Show podcast, and of course, Shooting the Shit. Shout out to uh, Sean Fontaine. We got a whole lot of work for you coming from Shooting the Shit as well. And um happy new year man cuz I don't even think it, happy new year to everybody we, we we made it out of 2020. 2020 was a rough year for us but we made it out. Happy new year to everyone. Man let's 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 make this this season this year this going to be comeback of the of, of the year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 2021 is going to be comeback of the century. Like let's make that that this year, all right? Comeback of the century and let's turn things around. You know, get rid of COVID and let's just get things back to normal.
0: Absolutely, man. I hope everyone has a blessed and healthy new year. And, you know, it, it, hopefully we ain't got to deal with some of the things we had to deal with in the past year.
1: That's a fact. So, listen, for myself, Tripp Young, my co-host, Legend in Two Games, and my co-host and trainer, that little cutie pie right there, we up out of here. Peace. Peace. Smush Parker here, formerly up to Los Angeles Lakers, and you are now tuned into Real Fans, Real Talk. Real talk, talk Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought